This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company, and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Back. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, it's open letter from this uh, uh, former Trump advisor. It, it literally kind of, seems impossible that we didn't get to that on radio today. Yeah, it does. Uh, we really should have because it's it's pretty interesting. She says the guy did not want to win. He didn't want to. He he just it was a protest candidacy kind of, and uh, he wanted to show that he could have come close if he wanted to. Raise his profile. Yeah. Increase his business acumen. Yeah. Someone else had said that, too, that, you know, he thought of it as, like, I'm never going to be taken seriously unless I actually just pull the trigger and run. Because I've threatened it. He had threatened it so many times. I mean, 2012, 2008, uh, certainly uh, 2000. He actually kind of did run in 2000. Mm. Uh, 1988, for sure. And you said every one, which I Almost every single time since 1988. Every four years. Donald Trump was thinking about it, considering it, uh, and then and then saying, "Nah, I'm not going to." Yeah, I mean, I straight out said I didn't think he was going to run this time. I mean, I, he's because of that. He had, he had threatened it and lied, you know, that right. he was going to run so many times. I never thought he was going to pull the trigger on it because he didn't want to go through it. He wanted to get the attention, uh, certainly help his television show, his the ratings and and everything, and give him a chance to be in the spotlight again. And every four years, and even in between, he would run for governor of New York, almost. Every single right. time. Yeah, and so this advisor who has dropped out now, since then everybody will say, oh, that's sour grapes, and they, they won't pay attention to it. But she was there uh, when he made the decision, she, she says, at mm-hmm. the Trump Tower in New York, and, and the goal was to get to maybe 12%. 
12% support. And then, um, you know, maybe get second and then, you know, call it a day. Uh, and she says he, he didn't even intend on getting anywhere near the White House. Didn't really want that job. So she went along at first thinking he was inspirational, thinking this was, you, you know, this was going to be a really good candidacy to uh, protest what was going on in the country. And there was nobody else anyway. You know, I don't know how you can say that in the field uh, that gathered. The 17 people who gathered, there were at least seven who were awesome candidates. Awesome candidates. And Trump was not among them. No. He was not among the awesome. Still is not. And so anyway, uh, along the way, somewhere she woke up. She woke up and realized this was a really stupid idea and she dropped out. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's one of those things where you, you get started. It's you realize it's not it's not going to hurt the country. It's just a stupid little protest campaign. Maybe it helps mm -hmm. his business acumen a little bit. Maybe I can get a job with Trump afterwards. You know, whatever. I mean, you go down these roads, and then you realize, wait a minute, this is actually the country at stake, and this guy's going for this. Yeah, I better take this seriously. And that's what the <laughs> yes. media's done too, in a lot of ways. You know, the media's had that same issue. She says now that eventually, she says I no longer felt that he was the leader the country was looking for, and I found myself longing, aching, really, for policy substance that went beyond building a wall and making Mexico pay for it. Really, that's all we've heard, right? That's the only specific. I'm going to build a wall, and I'm going to make a Mex Mexico pay for it. We don't know how specifically you're going to do that, except I guess through tariffs. He's sort of hinted at. Um, what we were once... What were once bold, although controversial statements now seem to be attempts to please the crowds, not direction to lead the country to a better place. I began to realize his arrogance and isolation had taken over and were now controlling his message. And now she says that's what happened. Somewhere along the way, his ego took over and he became this, you know, presidential candidate monster that you see today. And there's no stopping him now. Uh, I think there is, uh, considering his 71% uh, unfavorable rating uh, by hope, the general public. I hope. Um, I, whether he can you know, be stopped in the primary is still to be decided. I mean, I, you never know when you get in general election, there's only two people essentially available to vote for. Uh, there could be a huge terrorist attack, God forbid. There could be an economic collapse, God forbid. There could be all sorts of things that would hand the, the uh, reins to anyone who isn't associated with Barack Obama or anyone who's seen to be... Like you could have 5,000 illegal immigrants with guns cross the border and start shooting people, uh, you know, in border towns. You know, maybe you get a bump out of, out of that for Donald Trump. There are some things that could happen. It's just, you know, Hillary Clinton could get indicted. She could, she could leave the race. She could have a health problem. God forbid, you know, any of those things are possible. But anything in a normal general circumstance, he basically has no chance to win whatsoever. She also says, I started seeing a trend of incompetence and deniability. When there was a tweet that contained an error, he would blame it on an intern. When there was a photo containing a World War II Nazi Germany background, he'd blame it on an intern. When he answered questions in an overtly controversial manner, he would claim he did not properly hear the question. He refused to take responsibility for his actions while frequently demanding apologies from others. Imagine Trump wronged you, even in the smallest possible way. He'd go to the grave denying he had ever done anything wrong to you. Ever. Trump acts as if he's a fictional character, but like Hercules, Donald Trump is a work of fiction. I mean, I, I think that pretty well nails it and, and pretty, pretty well describes him. He encountered uh, a really tough interview. Uh, I guess this was yesterday morning. 
on uh, the Charlie, Charlie Sykes show, a local radio station in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And uh, Charlie Sykes is not a fan, as I think you'll see in the line of questioning. Trump apparently didn't know that going in. And um, so here's the first part of the interview. I know that you realize that here in Wisconsin, we value things like civility, decency, and actual right. conservative principles. So let's possibly make some news. I mean, last week you tweeted out a threat to spill the beans on the wife of Ted Cruz, uh, Heidi Cruz. You followed it up by tweeting out a picture that insulted her looks. You know, wouldn't it be a good way to start off your Wisconsin campaign by saying that wives should be off limits and that you apologize for mocking her looks? Well, by the way, I think it's true, actually, Charlie. But, you know, if you remember, uh, Melania, was a, my wife, was a very, very big, successful model. And she did a shoot, a cover shoot for GQ magazine. And it was, you know, a little provocative. It was GQ, but, and she was a model. But what they did is, and Ted Cruz knew totally about it. And he says he didn't know about it. He totally knew about it. And they sent that out to the people of uh, Salt Lake City or the people of Utah, and it was, uh, you know, with a very nasty statement on it. So he knew totally about that. If he didn't know about that, it would be a whole different thing. But he totally knew about it. It was done by people that he knows very well. Well, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was not Ted Cruz or his campaign. So is your standard no, is that was, if – No, no, I'm just telling you he knew. He knew okay, these people but, So did. is this he your totally standard that did. if a supporter of another candidate, not the candidate himself, does something despicable, that it's okay for you personally, a candidate for president of the United States – to behave in that same way? I mean, I expect that from a 12-year-old bully on the playground, not somebody well, who wants the office held by Abraham Lincoln. I did a retweet, and it was a retweet by somebody else because I have a lot of support, a tremendous amount of very fervent supporters, and they were angry about what they did <coughs> uh, the, you know, in, in sending out this, mm -hmm. this uh, photograph. Which was frankly fine. It was an artistic picture, no, actually. It was a fine. cover of Gen you know, yeah. GQ, which is not a big deal. Your wife is uh, a beautiful, classy woman. Why can't you say the same about Ted Cruz's wife? Uh, I don't know Ted Cruz's wife. I, I'm sure she's excellent. I mean, I just don't know her. You knew her enough to say you were going to spill the beans about her. So uh, interesting also that he claims that Ted Cruz absolutely knew. He, it'd be different if he didn't know, but he knew. You, you don't know that. Yeah, I would have liked to, I mean, you don't know that. Charlie did How a great job with that interview. He did. Uh, obviously, I would have loved to see and him. And it's tough to hit every single point. But I, but. Hopefully someone points up. You, you said, like, in a follow-up interview, you said, Donald, that you knew that he knew about this. What How is your you evidence? Know? Can you give me yeah. one shred of evidence that supports what you're saying? Right. And, of course, the answer to that is no, because he doesn't know, and it's not true. Um, by the way, one little fact I love on this and has not been promoted enough in, in the uh, co covering of this story. How much money was spent on the naked Melania ad? Remember the naked Melania ad? I mean, you know, she's uh -huh. out there, super PAC supportive, big deal. Right. How much money well, was spent? It's a tiny little super PAC, so I'm guessing not a lot. $300. <laughs> 300 bucks. Really? $300. Well, yeah, it was a web ad, right? So it was just a Facebook ad, I think, um, but it was a web ad for sure. Mm. Uh, a web ad uh, for three hundred dollars uh, wow. is what's he, this huge attack, and it's he can't. I mean, he j again when Glenn asked this question multiple times on radio, and the answer is always the same: Was he lying before, or was he lying now? The answer is, of course, both. And in the situation, it's like he has to say this is a horrible attack on my wife, but the picture is great. 
Uh, it's a horrible attack on my wife, but my attack on Ted was nothing. Right. It was just a yep. tiny little attack. Yeah, he's it lying. wasn't even really an attack. I didn't even notice if it was a bad picture. You lying I mean, sack what of What a garbage. liar. Of course you knew that. Oh, it, what, geez, think man. of that. With, and I, I don't know. Do we get to that point or is that in the next clip maybe? Um, but uh, I love the point where he said, hey, uh, I didn't even notice it was a bad picture. The, 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 do we have the, um, the tweet of the two pictures, by the way, by any chance, um, available? I know we've, we've, we've put it up a couple of times. We can show it. But it's a picture of, obviously, Melania looking great from, like, a full-out model shoot. And, you know, uh, it's Heidi a definite glamour shot. in the middle of a... Uh, in the middle of a word, like, mm. you know, kind of like her face is a little, you know, that's what happens in the middle of the word. If you pause the, you know, live video, you get that. You can always look for the worst frame possible. Um, but uh, it's funny because the text around it says, a picture, you don't need to spill the beans. The pic, a picture is worth a thousand words. Um, well, what the hell sense would that make if it wasn't a bad picture? Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't make sense at all. It would be completely nonsensical. There's two beautiful women. A picture pays, you know, is a thousand words. It makes no makes no sense without mm. her having a bad picture. Um, yeah, here it is. It, like again, like no need to spill the beans. The images are worth. You a thousand didn't words. know that was necessarily a bad picture of Heidi. Okay. I mean, what a lying dirtbag he is. Uh, I didn't even know that was an exceptionally good picture of my wife. Uh, hey, I didn't even know. I didn't know that was two wives. Uh, I mean, all, is that my wife on there? Of hey. all the things you can go down the <laughs> list with, with Donald Trump, God. is he conservative? Of course not. Is he a horrible guy in many respects? I yes. think absolutely. Is he a guy who cares only about his own power and his own yes. money? Yes. Would he be a terrible president? Yes. Sure. But more than anything, the most defining characteristic of Donald Trump is that he is a liar. Well, and he lies all yeah, the all time. The time. Literally cannot get through he, a paragraph. Everything he says lying. about Ted is true about himself. Um, mm -hmm. Everything he, he, he is, he tries to project on Ted. He is the lying Donald. He is the one who lies. And I heard him say last week, uh, Ted, lying Ted even lies when he doesn't need to. That's what, exactly yeah. what we've noticed about Trump. Right. Like, we've like that, that NBC interview he yeah, did. That's the one I was thinking of, where he, he's like, well, I, look, I haven't seen the ad. Uh, previously, in the previous interview, he said he had saw the ad and talked about it in detail. Yeah. Five, why like would you, five minutes later, say... minutes before or whatever? Why would you say that you hadn't seen it? So weird. You've, you're already so on weird. record saying that you saw it and discussing it in detail so you know that he actually had seen it. And, and then, then he lies about the it in the next interview. Very next interview. It's just, uh, it's a crazy, it's crazy. world. It it's really crazy. is. Uh, Here's part, here's part two of the Charlie Sykes, Donald Trump Recent interview. polls suggest that you have a disapproval rating of about 70% among women. And in southeastern Wisconsin, you are very much underwater. And a lot of that has to do, let's be honest about this, with oh, conservative true. women who are repelled by your attitude and your treatment of women. Mm. How do you respond? Because those are all well, your well, real quotes, and, aren't and they? Women, women are just going to have to see what I've done. I've hired tremendous numbers of women. Tremendous women are in numbers. the highest executive positions. Let's find out the numbers. Uh, I pay women in many cases more than I pay men, which is more than most people can say. Uh, I'd like to hear what these people – you know, I've been a, I've been a – a person that's been in the entertainment business and a very big person in a business, and I've been uh, quoted over the years by everybody from the time, from the time, almost from the time I started business. For whatever reason, I was, I became a celebrity in the sense. And 
uh, talking. Are, are the rules different for celebrities? And, are celebrities well, allowed to insult women? The rules are different, but certainly I never thought I would run for office. And many people, you know, I'd, I'd, Howard Stern would interview me, and everybody would be having fun, and the women would mm. be laughing. Yeah. Well, but you're saying the same thing. I mean, you 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 have mocked Megyn Kelly, you have mocked Carly Fiorina, well, and you are. I'm not a fan of Megyn Kelly. I mean, I'm allowed yeah. to say that. If, if Megyn Kelly were a man, uh, I would be saying the exact same things about Megyn Kelly. And I can tell you this, Charlie, that I have been out of a, better to, mm-hmm. than, to women than any of these candidates, frankly. I've been no. taking, I've, I've Except been, you won't apologize to a woman that you mocked. I have hey. executive people and at a very, going. very high level. I have executive people that are does. women. Uh, I gave women early chances in construction, numerous women early chances in construction when nobody else was doing it. And people have said that I've been – people have said, you know, in terms of breaking the glass ceiling – that I was a leader in it. Yeah. Um, how many times have you called women pigs, Stu? Um, um, like a, how much? A like, you don't times. know that you're running for office right, right now, and you've got no plans to. But let's say you wind up running for office. How much tape are we going to find of you calling women pigs and slobs? Oh, it's horse. much worse. Much worse and, than that. Uh, much and worse. Bimbos. Oh, my God. Much worse. Is it? Much worse. Yeah. Don't ask me that question. I mean, I, <laughs> no, that's why I directed <laughs> The issue here, of course, is not like, look, if he is a uh, reality show host, mm-hmm. no one's taking him to task for these things. Mm-hmm. Right. You might laugh at him. You might say they're bad. You might say that you don't like him because of it. But no one gives a crap. I never cared right. that Donald Trump was a lying jackass before he was running for president. I don't mm-hmm. ca- who cares if he is? He's a reality show host and to be honest, like here's a guy who occasionally says something that mildly agrees with a with a Republican or a conservative. I mean, the fact that he split donations between Republicans and Democrats Look, it's better than uh, 99% of the Hollywood elite who do 100% of Democrats. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think people generally looked at Donald Trump before this as, okay, well, look, I mean, he's funny. There's some, you know, he's, a, he's famous for firing people and looking like a jerk boss. And that was his role, and we accepted it. Yeah, and the we idea said that, both good things and bad things about him over the yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, I don't li- depending I, it, on the moment. Exactly. Really. Yeah, it depends on what he it's happened different to do now that because, day. and this is what I'm trying to explain to Trump supporters who keep putting the Glenn soundbite of I likely I have respect for Donald Trump. They keep posting this on my on my Facebook page. I know he said that. So what? So what? doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean a thing. He's running for president now. And now we know more about him. Now we understand who he is. Right. Now we're hearing his policies. Yeah. I I talked to a guy uh, this weekend, um, and he he was um, not a Trump supporter. He identified himself as, I'm not a Trump supporter, but he got that. Right. Every time they say that, you know they're a Trump supporter. Well, it's funny because what it usually means is, and I don't think it meant it in this particular case, but what it usually means is, I am a Trump supporter, but I'm embarrassed I'm a Trump supporter. Yeah. That's what I mean. I'm not a Trump supporter, but let me tell you everything that's great about Trump. Mm-hmm. In this particular case, he's just like, you know, I, I'm not a Trump supporter, but I, I like the idea of him. I like the idea of a businessman running the country. I like the idea. You know what? Well, I not, also. Did you vote for Mitt Romney right, then? Yeah, first of all. Yeah, and I think you probably did. But, uh, uh, and I like that too. You know. I actually agree with the concept. I like the idea of Donald Trump. The problem mm-hmm. with this Donald Trump is that it's Donald freaking Trump. That's the issue. If it were another businessman who was successful and mm-hmm. and was able to run a business, that's a great qualification to be considered for president. I mean, of course, uh, Ann Coulter specifically uh, said that was not true. 
previously, but now, of course, it is. Um, but it used to, I always thought it was. I think a businessman coming in and running the country is a great idea, in theory. But you, it's not any businessman. The problem with this businessman is it's a crappy businessman who's a bad guy and a terrible uh, guy. Like if, if you had someone who was, um, uh, I mean, Mitt Romney is an example. And now I was not a huge fan of Mitt Romney by any means. He did have some government experience, but very limited. I mean, it was four years. He was governor of Massachusetts for four years. Yeah. And it was several, it was multiple years. I mean, his first run for governor was 20 years before his presidential campaign. And he only was only in for four years. He's not a long-term politician. He was mostly a private mm -hmm. sector guy. Uh, you know, I, I didn't think he was had conservative some, enough. Had some credentials from the Olympics. Right, but turning I mean, that around. Right, but I mean, again, like that's you know, it was not. It was not a politician's. Right. He did not live a politician's life. He really, no, he really didn't. He just he, he had really one run, mm -hmm. uh, or he had two runs, but he had one job. He actually won uh, as a politician. He came from a political family. Tried to run against uh, uh, Kennedy, too, and yeah. lost that Brought, one. Lost to Kennedy. Uh, lost to... Uh, um, Actually, after leading by a lot in the beginning. And then uh, that went away. Yeah, so he did run for office quite often. Mm -hmm. um, but he did not win office quite often. Um, and, you know, look, you want to take a guy out of... You want, I mean, throw any businessman you want out there. Um, and, and you're going to take this guy and consider him for president. Yes, but first of all, what you're going to do is you're going to look at him under another microscope. Mm -hmm. Like, I can look at, like, for example, Peter Thiel has been on the show with Glenn before. He's a libertarian-leaning guy uh, who built PayPal and is a billionaire. Now, in theory, he's had a very successful business career. He understands the new economy. He has sort of innovative ideas. There's a lot to like about Peter Thiel. I've not looked at him under the microscope as a presidential candidate. If I did, I'd have to look at all of his views and consider his breadth of knowledge on everything. When you do that, he may very well be disqualified because I don't like him on seven different issues. Now, Trump, because he's the idea of a candidate you could theoretically like, you have to also add in who the person actually is. You can't just use the idea of somebody as the reason why you support them. You actually have to look at the person. Mm -hmm. You might look at that as a qualification. You might say that I would never want a guy uh, who was arrested 65 times, like Jeffy being president, and they're disqualified. And you might say, well, the idea of a person who runs a successful business is attractive, which it is. Mm -hmm. However, you need to look at the person. You need to judge them on what they've done and what they say and what they say they will do. You have to say, hey, wait a minute. Do I honestly believe this person has any idea what he's talking about? And, of course, by that, you don't mean anything about Jeffy as attractive. It, right. Oh, God, You're no. just saying. No, I mean, no, no, no. You don't no, want no. to be misunderstood. Now, he has run a, a successful right. drug business yes. for many years. <laughs> okay, but. Not, excess, not successful enough. I'll guarantee yeah. you that. But, I mean, nothing legally successful ever no. in his oh, God, life. No. <laughs> good, good heavens. <laughs> All right. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents do coming up in a minute. Uh, right sure. now, by the way, you can uh, get a four-week emergency food supply for only $99 from response to this cow. half hour. My Patriot Supply. Wow. Because that's like a lot of servings. I'm going to guess. I, you know, if Just I throw were, a number out there. If I were to put a number on it, I'd Ten? say about 140 servings. Oh. That yeah, that's exactly the amount. Right at 140 servings mm -hmm. of food. How long will it last? I'm going to say more than five years, probably more that's than true. 10. Yep, 25 years past. 25 years? That's a quarter of a century. <laughs> that is that's Holy very smart. Holy cow. Very smart. Uh, so should I call them? Uh, you should, and you can ask them how to get free shipping. The number right. is 888-411-5290. What about online? What if I wanted to just go online? I was repeating the number first. Okay, go ahead. 888-411-5290. Now go. you can go online as well at preparewiththeblaze.com. Now there is a mm. limit of two per caller, a.k.a. the Jeffy rule, but right. you can get that four-week food supply for there. only 99 bucks. 140 servings. Again, 
You're not a mathematician, I know. No, I'm not. None of us are. No. Uh, but that's less than a dollar per serving. Uh, that's a pretty wow, good deal. I hadn't thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's a good point. 888 uh, like the information thing. 888 uh, Call right now or go online at preparewiththeblaze.com. Hey, it's Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Uh, we got more from the uh, Charlie Sykes interview. There was like 17 minutes of goodness in this thing. Yeah, it was good. I listened to the whole thing yesterday, and uh, it was good. You know, it was good. Uh, very few people have taken uh, a tone like that. And, you know, Donald Trump has been smart enough to not go on a lot of shows. He's not coming on our show, for example. Right. And would not. Um, and would not because he knows that he would be trounced in an interview. I know you us. don't want to. I'd love to have him on. I'd love to have him on. I mean, at this point, what the hell, why not? I yeah. mean, he won't do it. No, no way. But, uh, no way. At the beginning, it was just like, oh, God, I don't want to hear another word from this idiot. Yeah. Uh, but now, obviously, he's winning. So, I mean, right. I think at this point, it would be worth doing just to try to uh, maybe get him on record for some of these things. I'd that spend the whole show him. with him. Because, you know, he tried to filibuster and start going into his yeah. usual routine, and then you'd have to hold his feet to the fire at the end. So, it would take the whole show to get through it, but it would be fascinating if he didn't walk out. Which you probably Which would. Which you probably would. Uh, by the way, that's uh, interesting. We talk about the way Charlie Sykes handled his interview. We'll play one more clip here in just a second. Mm -hmm. But MSNBC had a guy on um, who, uh, his name is uh, uh, Tony Dokupal. Oh, I'm no. sorry. It's not Tony Dokupal. No, it's not a tiger. Um, okay. But he's on Last Word with uh, Lawrence O'Donnell. And he argued that uh, Sykes did a one-on-one -on -one style, uh, one-and-done style interview with Trump, a luxury he is not afforded to journalists who regularly cover the billionaire. This is, quote, people who are on the beat, people who work for our network, they have to keep that relationship going for a long time. Mm. Charlie didn't have that burden, so he was able to be tough on him. Lawrence, okay. uh, really good point here. Uh, well, I don't think that the fact that you have to cover Donald Trump means that you have to play softball with him so you can guarantee he will speak to you another time. Right. Once, that, once, once the mission of the interview That's is to get the next interview with the same person, we all know how soft that interview is going to be. And I think there is some truth to both sides of that. Uh, yes. Um, so here is uh, another clip, a uh, final one from uh, Charlie Sykes' interview yesterday. You said Wisconsin is doing terribly. It's in turmoil. They projected a $1 billion surplus. It turns out to be a deficit of $2.2 billion. The schools are a disaster. The hospitals and education uh, was a disaster. Mr. Trump, do you stand by that now that you are well, going to be talking from, to Wisconsinites? I, I can't tell you. I got that from Time Magazine. If you read the story from Time Magazine from the time that the statement was made, that's exactly what they said. It was taken out of their verbatim. Uh, it was actually taken out of Time Magazine on the story. Okay, but you Scott said Walker. it, Mr. Trump. You're running for president. Nice do you, guy, do you way, stand by what you said about Scott Walker? I can only say what I took out of Time Magazine. I took a story out of Time Magazine. And the story was exactly what it said. It said a $2.2 billion deficit. Which turns out to be false. Uh, now, if Time Magazine's wrong, then they should apologize. And I, then I would certainly apologize for reading Time Magazine. But Time Magazine gave that information. Now, Mr. Trump, I think probably you know where I stand in this race. I and mean, some of us have worked for decades on developing and advancing conservative ideas. And you know, I want to talk about your record. I mean, you've given hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Clintons, to Harry Reid, to John Kerry, Chuck Schumer, Charlie Rangel. In your book, you insulted Ronald Reagan. You praised Obama's, Obama's stimulus as terrific. 
You've called for the largest tax hike in history. You've endorsed universal government-run health care. You've endorsed abortion on demand, gun control. So my question is, why shouldn't conservatives here in Wisconsin think that your claim to be a conservative now is just a giant fraud? Well, first of all, let me just explain that as a businessman, I'd never even thought of many of the things you're talking about. I was never even asked questions about many of the things you're talking about. I gave money to all politicians. I was Republican, but I gave money to all politicians, which was frankly a thing that you would do and every businessman would do it. I never thought I was going to be running for office, and I'm a very straight shooter. And I've said this. I gave money to, you know, I gave money to Democrats and I gave money to Republicans. And I built a great fortune, a great, great company, which I think everybody acknowledges. That's one thing pretty much everybody does acknowledge, not even pretty much. <laughs> oh, you never thought of it? Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'm sure they give that same uh, uh, that slack to Ted Cruz. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, you used to say everything the opposite of what you're saying now. What happened? Well, I, I just never thought of that stuff before. Oh, it's okay. Because okay. right, well, kind of okay. like what I'm looking for in a president is a guy who's just kind of figuring this stuff out for the first time. Right. You know, thinking, hey, well, I wonder what what, what right. should, should I do with taxes? I know. How about that that plan right there? I haven't really considered or read up on any of them, but that one right there is in front of me. I'll do that one. That'll, I mean, that'll that was work. the reason we didn't like Ben Carson to begin with. Yep. Right. So really, the difference between Ben Carson and Donald Trump is what? Uh, Vocal. Mm. Oh no! I, and I said this yesterday. The difference is that Ben Carson has a considerable more, uh, considerably more knowledge about these topics. He just doesn't True. talk as loud. He, he doesn't talk as loud. He's not as mm-hmm. good a communicator, may, maybe as. Although I mean, you see the way Trump talks. He's, he's a buffoon. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, Carson is is a bad. He's not good at obviously public speaking, and he's so calm and reserved. It doesn't really work for him. However, he's at least attempted. To try to read up on these things in the mm-hmm. course of this campaign and leading up to it, Donald Trump is complete. Has no idea what he's talking about. He has no idea what None. he's talking about. None. Carson has considerably more knowledge. And, and, and again, I would say, uh, listen to that clip again. He's again trying to defend himself on these contributions as if this is an acceptable response. And let me ask you this. And this is on my Facebook page. I want you to share it with Trump supporters today. Help, help me out here. Get this word because they need to answer these questions. Question one. Does Donald Trump think that Nancy Pelosi, Harry Reid, and Hillary Clinton being in power is detrimental to the country? Now, if you're a conservative and you think that the answer to that is no, then he's a leftist, obviously, and you shouldn't vote for him. But if the answer is yes, which is what he claims, then let's go on to the next question. Do you believe that Donald Trump just donated to these extreme leftists because he was a businessman and he was just helping his business get things done? That's been his excuse. If you don't believe that, then he's a leftist, and you obviously shouldn't vote for him. If yes, and you believe with his excuse, then next question. If you've come this far, you have agreed that Donald Trump made donations to benefit himself financially, and Donald Trump believes these donations help people gain power who were bad for the country. Therefore, you have just acknowledged that Donald Trump did things that he knew we're bad for the country for his own personal financial benefit. You obviously shouldn't vote for somebody who would do that. And there's only one candidate who has done that, and I think at all 17 people in this entire race, Donald freaking Trump. Back with more, Pat and Stu, in just a second.
It's Pat and Stu. Uh, Trump is threatening a lawsuit after a report uh, says Cruz is going to come out with more delegates than he had in Louisiana, even though he won Louisiana by, I don't know, three percentage points or something? Even though he was up in the polls by 20. Yeah. And it turned out that Cruz uh, really made a uh, fight of it. He came really close in Louisiana. And then in delegates, they, they were almost tied. Well, it looks now like Cruz might get uh, 10 more delegates than Trump did. So he's well, lost that time. many. 10 more. Wow. Yeah, that's the report I read was, yeah, an additional 10 delegates in Louisiana, despite having lost uh, the race. Just to show you how unfair Republican primary politics can be, I won the state of Louisiana and get less delegates than Cruz. Lawsuit coming. Yeah, he threatens that all the time. Yeah, means nothing. Means absolutely nothing. Um, you know, the rules are the rules, and he's playing in a game that has rules, mm -hmm. and he has to follow them. He doesn't he care never about feels, that. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't have to care about it. He just has to do it. Um, yeah, and you, you can so kick and scream yeah. and, and complain file all lawsuits all you want. It's not going to help. Good luck. Uh, Good luck with that. Just like when it gets to the convention and he doesn't have 1,237 delegates, you don't win. I'm sorry. And he thinks he's going to. He thinks oh, he yeah. should if he's if he's just ahead in the that's not how it works. No. And the only not chance he works. has is if he I mean he will go and bribe every one of those delegates. Yeah. Every one of Though them I believe will that. be offered jobs, money, uh perks, whatever he can offer. Mm -hmm. uh, will be offered to these delegates to try to win them over into his camp. It might work. I mean again, remember these are in, a lot of them are inside political people with Maybe principle, not their top thing. That's not for mm. all of them. I mean, many of them are very principled people who actually care. Women? Will he offer women? Sure. Really? Why not? I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. Not be, and he know. just keeps, you know, pounding that narrative of I have so many more votes and so many more delegates. And frankly, whoever at the end, whoever has the most votes and the most delegates should be the nominee. No, because that's not how it works, no, Don. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. <laughs> uh, the, uh, you can the, offer all the free lap dances you want at your casinos, which I'm sure are fantastic. Wait. Uh, it doesn't what? matter. I don't think he has either of those anymore. But oh, he doesn't he, have the casino think. or the lap dances? I don't think so. I mean, he has, oh, wow. yeah. Um, that's but I mean, again, the 1998 Minnesota Vikings uh, set a record for most points scored in the season. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. And, what and they that's did, why they're Super Bowl champions, No, right? actually, no. They lost uh, to the Atlanta Falcons. Well, that's on a, not fair. A very famous no-call running into the kicker uh, penalty that Boys was not... Was not just to torture Keith Malinak, which is actually what happened in that game. Uh, but uh, they didn't even uh -huh. win the NFC. They scored more points than any team in the history of the league up to that I point. Were and they lost in the championship 16 game. 16 and one at the time. When yeah, they lost. Right? They, lost, they were 15 and one in the regular season. Won yes. their uh, divisional game. Yeah, uh, looked like uh, unstop looked unstoppable that year. They really did. And uh, did not win. That was the Chris Carter and uh, Randy Moss year, right? Yeah, With Rand Randall, Randall Cunningham. Cunningham yeah. Uh, that was, that a, great was a good team. That was a great team. I, that I was lost a that good mediocre team. Scott Chandler quarterback oh to gosh, right? the I Atlanta Falcons. One of the biggest upsets of all time. Yeah, it was pretty NFL. bad. It was pretty bad. And then, of course, they went on to lose um, but the Super Bowl. it's unfair that they had more right, points than anybody. It's unfair. It's unfair. And they didn't win the Super Bowl. Why? Why? Why weren't they Super Bowl champions? They had the best record. They had the best record. They finished 16-2. and two, Better record they than any other team. They should be Super Bowl champions. Absolutely. Huh. Wow. And somehow that Lawsuit. Happen. Lawsuit time. And, you know, they could sue all they want as well, and they will still not be Super Bowl champions. Keith has now brought in his Atlanta Falcons hat. 
to protest this particular segment and put it in front of Jeffy. I don't know why he thinks he can just set that down at my desk. Throw it down. Not. Throw it on the floor. Throw it on the floor. There you go. That's where it belongs. Mm -hmm. right. um, the, uh, the, I mean, it's an right amazing there. thing, and this is the way he handles everything. It's always about him. It's always about how things can benefit him. We didn't get to this story the last couple of days either, and the reason why it's not a new story. Um, how It came out actually in August, but I even missed it. Even with all of our, the Trump stories we've done, I missed this one. Listen to this. It's a harrowing tale of real estate Donald Trump, uh, mogul Donald Trump narrowly, narrowly escaping death. After meeting with Trump casino executives, uh, Trump at the last minute decided not to join them on their helicopter ride back to Atlantic City. Sitting in his office after the meeting on the construction site of the Taj Mahal Casino in Atlantic City, Trump gets a call from one of his executive secretaries. It's an hour and a half later, and the executives are still nowhere to be found. Trump, not thinking much of it, assumes there's some sort of mix-up. A call comes again. It's a secretary saying that the company that leased the helicopter says it's down. Trump knows that choppers go down all the time for repairs. He's still not phased until the next call comes from a reporter. Five dead, Mr. Trump. Do you have a comment? The detail of Trump's decision to not to go on that flight at the last minute made its way into press accounts mm -hmm. and a cover of the New York Daily News. At the time, news accounts attributed the detail of Trump's near-death decision to Trump's sources or just stated it as a matter of fact. Even more cited Trump's own spokesman to make the claim. A UPI wire story cited sources to say that Trump was scheduled to be on the flight. He doesn't really want to talk about it, but he was going to Atlantic City, and he, didn't, and he did change his mind, said a, a Trump spokesperson to the Philadelphia Inquirer. He doesn't really want to talk about it. Mm. But here's the spokesperson to talk about it. Yeah. According to at least three biographies on Trump, however, that detail is a complete fabrication. Donald is sitting, this is a quote from one of the biographies, Donald is sitting in his office commiserating with some of his staff when he gets a call from another reporter. Uh, he switches on a speakerphone so that he can hear what the reporter is saying, but puts on the mute button so the reporter cannot hear what is being said in the room. Mr. Trump, I know this must be horrible to you, or for you, the book quotes a reporter on the other line, I know it must be terrible for you to lose your top three ca casino executives all in the same day. I'm so sorry about what happened. Mm. I guess the only thing that could have been worse is if you had been on the helicopter with him. Trump, according to the book, and again, three biographies confirm this, you're going to hate me for this, Trump says to the room, not to the reporter, but to the room, but I just can't resist. I can get some publicity out of this. Then Donald releases the mute button on a speakerphone and informs the reporter, you know, I was going to go with them on that helicopter. Donald goes on to confide that for some unexplained reason, he changed his mind and decided not to go. Three of his top executives just died in a helicopter crash, and he's trying to figure out how to t get more publicity out of it. Goes on to say that, you might, and you might say, well, why, how do we know, you know he actually did that? Well, multiple sources, first of all. But beyond that, he never took that helicopter in any other circumstance. He's Donald Trump. He has the Trump helicopter that Donald Trump only takes. He mm -hmm. takes that helicopter every single time. He doesn't slum it with the crappy helicopter that his, his executives were taking. Right. He takes his helicopter. He was never getting on that helicopter. He lied about it, and not only lied about it, lied about it in the moment when he was finding out about the death of three close co-workers, not to mention two pilots. And he goes to the point where he wants to get publicity it's amazing. to try to turn the story into a, a wonderful, harrowing story about him and his close brush with death. Seriously, despicable. A despicable human being. Despicable. In every way. A despicable human being. Hey, but let's make him president. Yeah. Sounds like a good, uh, good idea. 888-727-BECK. More Pat and Stuart coming up. I think I, I'd vote for Frank Underwood over, over Donald Trump.
I don't care if he's a freaking Democrat. At least he'd be entertaining. <laughs> and there's that sad Atlanta Falcons hat. <laughs> Beck, it's Pat and Stu. Apparently, ISIS has some advanced plans to carry out a terror attack heavily targeting Jewish children in Turkey. Sky News reports that six operatives from the terror group arrested in a Turkish city revealed information about an imminent attack. Istanbul synagogue uh, in, uh, is understood to be the most probable target of the allegedly impending t attacks, which has a community center and a school attached to it. Kindergarten schools and youth centers for Jewish children are at the center of the plans. If you're Jewish or Christian living in a Muslim country right now, are you strongly thinking about getting out? Because I think I would be. Um, I would not be because I would have left a long time ago. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, of course these people have the same pride that we have in our country, right? I mean, like they... A lot of them don't want yeah. to leave their country. They want to improve it and change it. But at some point, realistic, you know, mm. pragmatic thought of you, you know, your heart continuing to beat has to come into the equation. You would think so, yeah. Also, a story recently appeared in the Washington Post about a city uh, north of Ca uh, San Francisco, Richmond, California, that's paying violent criminals <laughs> to stop committing crimes. Wait a second, where? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Richmond, California is where you want to be, Jeffy. <laughs> One such criminal is 21-year-old Lonnie Holmes, who's been involved in drive-by shootings and some other gun crimes. Uh, Again, the story indicates... Glass houses, you know? Right, exactly. Uh, well, there's, there's some of his guns right there, I guess. Or just some guns. Or just some guns, not necessarily his. Mm -hmm. um, this is what guns look like. 21-year-old Lonnie Holmes... It's been involved in drive-by shootings. Uh, the story indicates that once Holmes was released from prison, city approached him with an offer to pay him as much as a thousand dollars a month, not to commit another crime. Oh, he held out for more. I hope. I gotta read this story. <laughs> <laughs> not only does Richmond pay its criminals, it's also paying its ex-convicts to be mentors to other violent offenders. Oh, that well, see, that's a good idea. Is it? Sure. These city-paid mentors generally operate apart from the police uh, to maintain trust between them and the violent criminals. Often, they withhold information from the police. Uh, at least twice, the report explains, that may, have, uh, that may have allowed suspected killers in the stipend program to evade responsibility for homicide. Wow, well, I mean, look, you're not going to happen. You're not going to get charged with every I mean, homicide you commit. Mentors right. equal priest. What is said to them is sacrosanct. Right? No, they can't repeat that anywhere. Hmm. <laughs> that's incredibly oh. not even close to true. Oh, my gosh. Uh, mentors don't equal priests. Uh, other cities want to try it as well. Uh, Miami, Toledo, Baltimore. Oh, First brilliant. up, Washington is going to try it. It's brilliant. Um, it's kind of an amazing thing. I mean, it, you know, I, there are certain areas where you think maybe we do have to try something different. I don't know if this is the answer, though. I'm thinking no. I'm thinking no. Jeffy? I couldn't disagree with Pat Gray more. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> well, I mean, it is one of those things, good and evil, right? Yeah, I mean, right. it's kind of right. in the order sitting close. I mean, I think that they weren't paying him enough. A thousand a month. Yeah, it's only 12 grand. Not to commit crimes? Not to kill Come people? Come on. You're a bad criminal if you've taken that deal. Right? Yeah, right. You're terrible. I'll take, I'll take, you know, maybe a thousand a month to what? Not kill somebody? 
okay. No. no. That means I mean, you still commit some kind of, you know, right. drug crime. I think you take $1,000 a month not to steal a car. The tougher crimes, like when you want to kill somebody, you really want to kill them. Yeah. So I think you point. need like ten grand a month for that. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's a bigger deal. What if we made the criminals the wealthiest people among us? <laughs> um, oh, wait, we've already done that in Washington, D.C. Oh, that's oh, the entire synapse of that being tried. That's correct. It's not working there either. We're already paying 535 of our worst criminals. <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> uh, apparently the FBI is using a mystery method now to unlock the San Bernardino shooter's phone. Uh, the iPhone. Surprise, surprise. Uh, mm. So they withdrew their legal action against Apple. FBI says it successfully used a mystery technique without, without well, there you go. Good for you. I mean, if you can do it, then I guess so be it. Yeah, I mean, it kind of puts Apple right? in a weird spot because now they're essentially forced to be happy about this but also admit people can get into their phones if they really want to yeah which is supposed to not be possible yeah. they think maybe they took the memory out of the phone copied the memory to multiple phones then tried a different combination on each one of the phones so the lockout situation kept happening but they were able to copy really? the memory i don't know if that's it or not no one knows for sure yeah there were a couple of different reports that were even talking mm. about uh, apple actually doing it just not talking about it. Oh, it's a, you guys say you used it. We did mystery. it! Yay! You did a mystery man. I don't think they did. They were I don't pretty hardcore so. on that. I, yeah. But I think that the, I think you know, so. the FBI could do it all along, right? I mean, if you're really yeah. being the... I mean, it's the FBI. Yeah, they could have done it all along. They just realized that they were losing mm -hmm. to, in the Apple case, and Apple didn't play ball with them, so right. then at the end it was like, okay, we're done. We have a mystery method. Right. I think that's probably it. I mean, I, they probably did figure out a way to do it, but they wanted the precedent set. They wanted the precedent right. set that these companies had to help. And when they mm -hmm. realized they were losing that battle, they decided to bail on the battle before it was ruled on. Right. In other words, they got halfway through the Super Bowl and decided, ah, since we're losing 21 to 7, let's just quit. Right. So there's not a loss on our record. And, right. you know, uh, that's so d we don't get the legal precedent set. We don't know what the rule is still. Uh, you, we just, they just were able to break in on their own. And we, ha we've, we were able to do it with our mystery method. Mystery method. And I heard some expert on Fox this morning uh, saying, Apple should have been more cooperative with the FBI about getting into that. F no, they shouldn't have. What are you talking about? No, they shouldn't have. What does it matter with people and, and their disregard for, uh, for America's rights and freedoms? It's pretty amazing. No, they want rights and freedoms, but if you're not doing anything wrong, Pat, what do you got to worry about? A <laughs> lot. Uh, wow. A lot, Jeffy, wow. because mm. I don't know what you think is going to be wow. wrong compared to what I think is going to be wrong. <laughs> uh, so, also, Georgia, Georgia's governor uh, did, in fact, as we, t we talked about this, was it yesterday or the day before? Um, maybe it was Friday. Uh, but the Georgia governor did, in fact, veto the religious exemptions bill. Yeah, was, uh, we should have come back Jeez, on the other side man. with a little bit more on this because uh, Matt Walsh uh, read, wrote a great column, some of the blaze. Uh, you could share it there. Um, and we should read some excerpts from it because it is this is it's an unbelievable it's thing yeah. that's gone on here in Georgia, especially that a Republican is the one who did it. Um, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised by that, but it's not like, you know, you're in. You know, Washington, D.C., and the liberal mayor does something mm -hmm. that you can, all right, it's, you know. This is a Republican who did yeah. something. And wait till you hear the details of this. It's pretty amazing. So we'll get into that coming up.
Hey, Triple Eight Seven Two Seven back. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, this Republican of Georgia uh, that vetoed this bill, this religious exemptions bill, was just really for religious institutions, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't even like the Oregon bakers. No. It, it wasn't to protect you from, well, I, I don't want to bake your gay wedding cake. I don't right. want to. No, it wasn't it was, for I, that. I don't want to perform your gay marriage in my church, is what it is. I mean, that's the church that I am a pastor of. Pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, Matt Walsh writes this up uh, really well. Um, give me a little, some excerpts from this because it's really good. It may be a matter of some interest to you that the American left is now openly declaring that its intention to shut down your church and outlaw your religious expression entirely. If you've been paying attention, you won't be terribly shocked by this revelation. They plan to come after the churches. That's what they've always wanted, and now they intend to do it. The hysterical reaction to Georgia's religious liberty bill can be interpreted no other way. Governor Nathan Deal has now decided, just one day after Easter, no less, to veto the bill because of the outrage was so uh, because the outrage was so severe, and because he has the resiliency and backbone of a dead slug melting in the sun. <laughs> In a statement explaining the decision, Deal insisted that religious liberty doesn't include the right to discriminate against anyone. He took the steadfast and courageous posture, declaring that he refuses to be intimidated by insults and threats from pastors, nuns, and his local Baptist church. On the other hand, for gay groups and large progressive corporations, he will fall to his knees in trembling submission and polish their boots Boy, after they finish kicking him repeatedly in the ribs. On a day where we hear reports of a Catholic priest being literally crucified by the Islamic State because he refused to abandon his faith, perhaps we might hope Christians in this country could at least withstand mean insults and online petitions. But we've learned not to expect anything, not even one minuscule microscopic shred of bravery from Christians like Deal. They will surrender every time without fail. And that's not to downplay the pressure he faced. We talked about this yesterday. It was substantial, though not enough to justify his shameful capitulation. Hollywood was uh, leading the charge with heavy hitters like Disney, Time Warner, Stars, The Weinstein Company, AMC, Viacom, Marvel, CBS, MGM, NBC, and other companies threatening to boycott if the bill passed. The NFL got into the action, promising, this is a great part, promising to bar Atlanta from hosting the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, the league hopes to expand into China in the near future, where it is illegal for gays to be depicted on television, much, much less get married in real life. But I suppose you can't ask for moral consistency from a league that employs Greg Hardy, who's uh, had some issues with the domestic yep. abuse. Virtually everyone was against this thing. And they weren't just against it, they hated it. So if you're wondering, what was it exactly? In reality, the bill that the left called horrific and heinous would have prim primarily accomplished the following. Protect a pastor from being forced to perform a gay wedding against his will. Number two. Protect mm. religious organizations from being forced to host gay weddings against their will. Okay. Number three, protect, protect religious organizations from being forced to hire someone who opposes their fundamental tenets, beliefs, and goals. That's it. The whole bill, or at least the relevant parts. Uh, it was narrower than that, in fact, because it provided loopholes and escape hatches where a court could still potentially punish a religious organization for discriminating, even if it fell into one of those categories. The bill, which was so narrow, so toothless, so unremarkable, that I could have easily made an argument for opposing it on the grounds that it inadvertently restricted religious liberty. After all, the legislation did not protect the religious rights of private companies and private individuals. It reserved religious protections only to pastors, churches, and other specifically religious groups. Yes, protecting them would be better than nobody, but the unintended consequence is a precedent where only expressly religious entities can, employ, can enjoy First Amendment protections. Obviously, that's not what the framers of the, bills, of the Bill of Rights had in mind. 
In any case, that's all academic now. The important fact is that liberals oppose granting basic religious protections to religious organizations. Um, it wasn't that all that long ago, like, I don't know, six months, when leftists were still insisting that only religious organizations should have religious rights. Remember when the country debated the Indiana law or any of the various cases involving bakers and photographers and so on? Liberals said over and over again that if the companies in question were conspicuously and officially religious, they wouldn't have a problem with gays being discriminated against on religious grounds. Many of, many of us tried to point out, first of all, that the First Amendment, of course, applies not just to religious organizations, but to everybody. And this is a slippery slope. Here we are now. There is no question that a church, Christian school, pastor, etc., has the constitutional right to, of the free exercise of religion. There is no question that exercising religion means abiding by the moral doctrines of your religion. There is no question that the moral doctrine is by its very nature excluding uh, and uh, does by its very nature exclude and dis uh, discriminate against activities it deems immoral. Um, so they've always wanted this, the left. They've always hated Christianity and they never had any regard for the Bill of Rights, but now it's all out in the open. This is not about photographers and bakers anymore. Christianity itself is bigoted and hateful, they believe, and those who practice it should not find shelter in a post-Christian America. That's the message you can take from the news surrounding this piece of legislation in Georgia. Put it another way, batten down the hatch hatches, Christians. War has been declared. Matt Walsh, uh, strong Good piece stuff. on the blaze and uh, something yeah. worth sharing, I think. Because, I mean, again, it has nothing to do with whether you dislike gay people or you have some hatred against people who live different lifestyles. And that's not at all what this bill does. Mm -hmm. This bill is protecting people in church from having to change the doctrine of their church. It's not even the, the baker thing where it's no. like, okay, I'm a gay couple. I want a gay wedding. I go into mm -hmm. a, 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 a for-profit public bakery, go in there, and they say no because the person behind the counter doesn't feel like it's, it's his right. To me, individual rights uh, should you know, you'd be able to say, look, I don't want to write words that I don't want to write. That's pretty mm -hmm. much a protected thing to me and in, in, in the Constitution. But beyond that, this is just pastors. Can a pastor say, nah, you know what, we're not going to have a gay marriage here? I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. Funny. It's protected to you and James Madison. <laughs> Who's he? A few other extremists. He's dead. He's dead. dead. Uh, so, you know, thanks for that, Stu. <laughs> we've, we've lost. Oh, I should, I didn't, we didn't break that very slowly to people who were. No, that's right. J, uh, James Madison not feeling very well. Okay, he's dead. He's gone. We lost him. Uh, Glenn sort of touched on this, too, last night on the, on the TV program in that uh, the culture is changing. And I mean, not for the better. Here's, uh, here's what he said last night. I want to talk to you about the rot of our culture today. Um, there are a few things that are happening that are disturbing and one of them is in the National Enquirer. One of them is a fake story that uh, was tweeted out today. It has a lot to do with the campaign, and the campaign is getting uglier and uglier. Um, but I, wanna, I, I don't want to make this about Donald Trump. I want to I make this about us and what our standards are. There is an intentional poisoning of the well that is happening uh, with out-and-out -out lies in order to stir your anger up and to discredit people. This weekend, two stories. One of them was to discredit Hillary Clinton, and the other one was to discredit uh, Ted Cruz. And there's been a lot of those. But let me start with a story that um, Breitbart defended this weekend and said our culture, Donald Trump is not only changing the political landscape, he is changing our culture. When I read that, and I read this just horrific story um, 
I, I wanted to ask you if, you know, we never asked the question when it was hope and change. Change to what? We have to ask, changing our culture to what? And this article made a very good case that we need to be a meaner, more vicious culture. And it was about the attack that was on Heidi Cruz. Here's what Donald Trump tweeted late last week. This, no need to spill the beans. The images are worth a thousand words. Okay, what is this? This is a, Donald Trump said, you better be, you better, you better shut up, Lion Cruz, or whatever it was, or I'll spill the beans about Heidi. That's important to remember. He was going to spill the beans on Heidi. Um, there it is. Be careful, Lion Ted, or I'll spill the beans on your wife. Now, go back to this. So what did somebody do? They took a beautiful picture of Melania and then a, a horrible picture of Heidi Cruz. It's just mean and senseless. I mean, everybody knows Melania is a supermodel. How do you feel about somebody doing that to your wife? I know how I would feel. So it's a pretty despicable tweet to say a picture is worth a thousand words, right? For anybody, let alone somebody who wants to be the president of the United States. So what do you do with this? Well, Breitbart defended this and started to say that the culture needs to be changed and we need to be more ruthless like this. And they said, and this is a quote of the article, if you have to hurt one person like Heidi Cruz, it's good for the rest of us. So the ends justify the means. But I don't even know if we have an ends here. Local radio host, Wisconsin, Donald Trump is on the air, asked, why not take the high road and offer a truce and just say, leave our wives out of this? His response on the air was, quote, well, Ted started it, end quote. Okay. Um, I'll let you deal with that. He then went on to say that he doesn't really even know Heidi Cruz. And she's probably a lovely person. Hang on. Could you put that quote up again? Lion Ted Cruz just used a picture of Melania, uh, Melania from GQ shot in his ad. Be careful, Lion Ted, or I'll spill the beans on your wife. What was it he just said on the radio? I don't even know her. She's probably a lovely person. So how do you, which, which is it? You either know Heidi and you know her because you've done political operative stuff and you've got some beans to spill. Or you know absolutely nothing about her whatsoever and you're responding like a 10-year-old girl in a school fight. But one of those is true and one of those is a lie. It can't be both. So which is it? Answer to the American people? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's why Donald Trump makes things up as he goes along, because you say it doesn't matter. His surrogates now are following suit, and this is where it starts to get disturbing. Ann Coulter breathlessly tweeted out, ABC News paid protester. No one has an AOL email address except for the people who would vote for Hillary Clinton, end quote. She tweets this article out. Her and Donald Trump's campaign manager... The same one accused of roughing up a female reporter and then lying about it also pushed this story out. The only problem with this story is 
It's not true at all. In fact, it's worse than not true. It's a hoax website designed to look just like ABC News. And they created an ABC News fake story. When you print it out, it says ABC News on the, on the URL. It's truly amazing. Somebody took a lot of time to create this. If you read the story, it reads like an actual story. Well, Ann took the lead in spreading the story, and so did Donald Trump's manager. Then followers jumped into action and shamed the mainstream media for not covering this amazing revelation, even though the fake news story comes from something that was supposed to look like the mainstream media central, ABC News. Well, once the story was out and the damage was done, the fake story, and deleted the tweets. No retraction was issued. More time went by, and then she tweeted this. Okay, you're right. It's a fake site. AOL quote was hilarious, though. No retraction, no apology, no clear indication what she was even talking about. You'd have to click on the link to see which helps further the story. The Trump campaign never even issued this. They just deleted it. No effort to help her followers understand that she or Lewandowski was wrong. They're taking a page right out of Cass Sunstein's book. This is really important for you to understand. If you remember when we were at Fox, Sunstein said he wanted to pay secret, independent, and credible voices to advocate false stories. I believe not only is Saul Alinsky being used, I believe Cass Sunstein is being used by Donald Trump and his advocates. They are using credible voices and they're using false websites. I don't know where this website was made. We have people looking into it. It could be as, it could be as nefarious as Russia trying to influence our election. It could just be some 13-year-old in their underpants. I have no idea. But we already have distrust of the media and of the politicians. That story was about Hillary Clinton paying people to pose as Bernie Sanders people at Donald Trump's rallies. Unbelievably nefarious. Now, if I was trashy... As Mr. Pecker's rag, I'd say rumors are swirling that billionaire Donald Trump is paying the newspaper buddy in either money or favors to write bogus affair stories. And right now, investigators are busy digging and they've got some shocking, outrageous claims. Not only is Trump manipulating the media, but he is hiding a shockingly shocking animal fetish. No, there's no truth to that. There's absolutely no truth to that. But that is according to animal flesh fetish bloggers that we have talked to. I'm just saying. Shocking. If I were them, I would do that. But for me, character matters. I don't want to stir unrest. I don't want to promote violence. I don't want to promote distrust and chaos. I don't read this because it's crap. But the damage has already been done with low-information voters. What are America's principles? 
It is not healthy for a country to have people intentionally release false stories, whether it is here or on fake ABC news sites. The press does get stories wrong all the time. They don't report on important stories all the time. They do have a spin. Got it. And they do that because of bias. I have been wrongly and uh, I have been wrong in my honest reporting. I have tried to bring you the truth. But when I find out that we have made a mistake, I lead with the mistake. We correct them as soon as we find out we were wrong. It used to be a career ender to purposely spread lies. Now, they will defend them because the ends justify the means. Never have any responsible leaders gone out and purposely printed or were involved in what they would deem as believable lies. Then disappear. Short, vague disclaimers are not enough. It would be nice to have someone stand on principle. Unfortunately, it's rare these days. And the only thing that is tabloid shocking is if someone actually did stand for those principles. Oh boy. We need those uh, sound effects. Uh, yeah, I like those. I like them. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. More of the uh, Pat and Stu show coming up in a second. But we've got to tell you about solar energy, which is now affordable, thanks to Go. <laughs> really nice. That really yeah. puts an emphasis. It on does. It. I like that yeah. a lot. I like yeah. that. Uh, now, solar energy has been one of those things that conservatives have uh, kind of talked down in the past because well, it wasn't affordable. The good thing about Go, which is this company that we really like when it comes to solar power, is, you know, here's the thing. You go to their website, you fill out the form, and you see if it is available in your area and will actually save you money. You don't have to commit to anything. You just right. check it out. You give them uh, no money. Uh, and... <laughs> You get to find out whether this is going to save you uh, cash because the way this works is they don't charge you anything up front. They put the solar panels up on your house. They generate the energy. You save 20 to 30 percent on what you're currently paying to power your home. It's why they have over 60,000 satisfied customers. They've got the best warranty in the business. So think go. They're one of the biggest residential solar companies in America. Over 60 local offices so you don't have to worry about customer service or maintenance. Just go to... Go and find out if it's available in your area. Go solarwiththeblaze.com. Yep, go solarwiththeblaze.com is the web address. They have the form there. You can put it in there, get uh, more information. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't hurt. You can't you, hurt at all. You're going to go there could and help check something. it out. I think so. I it think actually, help. and you know what? It could help uh, your pocketbook. Yeah. Pat carries a pocketbook. We have mm-hmm. never told you that before, but that's true. Pat carries one, and it's going to mm. help his pocketbook. Right. <laughs> So, <laughs> Power your home affordably with GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com. Go there, fill out the form now. GoSolarWithTheBlaze.com. Oh, boy. Uh, trouble at Al Jazeera. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yes. What? Yes, I, I will not have it. Yeah, well. No. No, there is no trouble at Al Jazeera. No, there and is. And Corey Lewandowski did not touch that reporter. Thank you. Mm, he did, and there is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Al Jazeera announced Sunday a plan to cut 500 jobs, 10% of its work, more than 10% of its workforce. They, they say it's workforce 
optimization initiative. That's mm -hmm. what it is. It's a workforce optimization initiative. Uh, the cuts at the network, controlled by Qatar's royal family, of course, attributed to belt tightening as a result of the declining price of oil and natural gas. Mm. Uh -huh. uh, plus, nobody watches the freaking network. Yeah, Al Jazeera. It's my new hashtag. I'm That's work good. I'll just see ya. Because they're all leaving. Really now this is this, and this is not uh, just America, right? This is no. Uh, this is uh, yeah. This is for the Middle East, where I, I think it, it actually is watched a little bit because it's out of business in America, right? Didn't it shut down already? It's coming down. Shutting down. down. It's about to. It is shutting yeah. down. It's either shut down or it's about to. Or in the next few weeks, I think. And by the way, it's an opportunity for you to uh, tweet them and say, uh, you know, hashtag uh, get the blaze, hashtag Al Jazeera. Mm -hmm. um, do it because uh, put some pressure on these people to add the blaze. They've got the room, right? They've just cleared out Al Jazeera. That was their excuse initially. Yes, well, it was. we had Al Jazeera, and we, yeah, we, I don't know. So people, I mean, you know, there's a lot of uh, cable companies out there that have added the Blaze, and we really thank you for that. Um, mm -hmm. But why not get it on some more places? In front why of some not more indeed? Faces? Why not indeed get a network where more than 15,000 people will watch? Well, this was actually, uh, <laughs> Al Jazeera was actually the fallout from the great uh, Al Gore network. That's right. right, current. Uh, current. current. Which that 50, was 50, so great people watched that. That so. they made it into Al Jazeera, which has yeah. become even greater, right. which is now going dark. So. Exactly. Mm -hmm. so. Fair point, Jeffy. It almost Whoa. seems like they're not that they're they're not really good. It almost seems like that. <laughs> it does almost mm -hmm. seem like that, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. huh. It's weird. Really weird. Probably not though, huh. because they're pretty huh. awesome. They say we've embarked on a workforce optimization initiative that will allow us to evolve our business operation in order to maintain a leading a leading position and continue our recognized commitment to high quality, independent and hard hitting journalism around the world. Al Jazeera America in January said it's closing its cable news operation on April 30th. So that's about a month from now. Uh, less than three years after its launch. Wow, that did not last long. CNN reported the layoffs. What did uh, they spend $500 on million dollars on that, by the way? A lot. Yeah. I, I mean, those studios, like yeah. those studios and what they produced are really nice. Really nice studios. They hired mm -hmm. a lot of high-priced talent in New York. Yeah. Um, you know, they weren't necessarily uh, the people who were the most engaging talent, I would say, in some mm -hmm. cases. But they spent money on names. They spent money on people who had been in the business yes, for they decades. Mm -hmm. uh, they spent money on studios. And, I mean, they tried to do it right. Um, they did. The problem is it's Al Jazeera. I mean, really, in all, in all, I would have, I'm curious as to what would have happened if they had named it, you know, Bill's <laughs> Cable TV Network. Right. You know, like anything, anything, but, Al anything but Al Jazeera. I mean, it, yep. just such a terrible brand. I, I, I think that was absolute. Asinine. It was absolutely asinine or, to name it Al Jazeera. Yeah, maybe it was just absolute hubris. It was just like, well, you know maybe. what? Screw these people. They're going to learn that we do good news. You know, right. it's that type of thing. And, uh, you know, because everyone right. in America, the brand, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's like naming a new food product, you know, Raid. It's like, mm -hmm. well, Raid right. is poison, okay? People aren't going to eat It always Raid. will be. It always will be. Like, I. Maybe after a couple of centuries, you could turn that around. I don't know, mm -hmm. you know, but it's pretty much what it is. Do you remember the AIDS diet pill? Yeah, that's um, great, great point. <laughs> I mean, that's a know, real. It's real. Once uh, there was AIDS, the disease. AIDS, the diet pill. Uh, 
uh, got a name change. Yes. I forget <laughs> what they called it, but uh, they were like, mm, no. Yeah. I, I don't know. want to be associated with that anymore. And they do, do, to be fair, Al Jazeera has produced some good things, uh, you know, some good products. I mean, you know, fake. But nobody watched it. Well, but you mean when they, you know, falsely accused Peyton Manning of using uh, performance-enhancing drugs? Or falsely do you mean when accused? They were, or, you mean or do you mean when they just needed to give a mouthpiece the, to a where terrorist? Peyton Manning that denied the fact? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think what you're talking about? We're talking about brands. Think about ISIS is another thing. A lot of businesses were called ISIS. One of the mm -hmm. stories early yeah. on was the reason why the uh, the president mm -hmm. kept, keeps calling it ISIL is because there's so many businesses named ISIS. Uh, when you search for ISIS, you get a lot of different things. Um, the name of the group in uh, the, what's the name of that cartoon on FX, um, the spy cartoon? Oh, yeah. Archer. Yeah. Archer, the, the group that he worked for, the spy organization the, in ISIS. the cartoon, was called ISIS, and they've changed that now. It's, it's not gone. Um, but, I mean, it, that can happen. You can change the way people mm -hmm. think about s certain things. But when they're ingrained like Al Jazeera is in this country, where even a group as, you know, non-conservative as CNN basically accused them of aiding and abetting Osama bin Laden, you're not going to get a lot of sympathy for this brand. Right. It just, you know, right. you're going uphill. At a, you and know, and you they can, kept you, swearing that it was Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera America is different. Yeah. Right. yeah and saying. they were saying they were independent. And yeah. they were the they were the right down the middle news source. They didn't have any bias at all. Nobody bought that. No. Obviously nobody. But thank goodness. Because I thought, you know, a good number of people would. But uh, to the to the credit of the people of this country, they didn't. No, they really didn't. Even with people like Hillary Clinton out there pitching for it and saying it's yeah. real news, and yeah. the, you know, I mean, it, they really had some great support there. A lot of talent they went really there. They really did, and they got uh, nothing out of it. I mean, five hundred million dollars plus down the drain. It's really it's uh, a lot of money. It's uh, it does a hard good to see that happen. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents to it coming up. It does. It does. Yeah, it does. Oh, it does. Oh, it does. Like when we think about you. Having problems in your life, it just doesn't bother you. Or leaving, it feels good. You know, just like getting out of here. You know, you're not just being getting out anymore. Get out. Oh, yeah, you absolutely don't think about that. Leave now. Leaving. What we're saying is leave now. <clears throat> Give or take. Why are we still on? <laughs> Get out, Jeff. <laughs> and he did. There you go. Finally, he listened. How long have we been telling him to get out? Long time. Get out of the studio. Looks like it's finally happened. Finally. So. <laughs> there he is. Oh, well, there he was. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck. Walking while texting. Apparently, you know, doing two things at once is difficult, and um, but also in this case, dangerous. And it could be in jail time under a New Jersey proposal. If a distracted walking measure recently proposed by a state assemblywoman becomes law, uh, people could face fines or even jail time. How stupid is that? Um, pretty stupid. I mean, you've seen the videos of people just, like, walking into fountains. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there's been accidents, car accidents and such. Probably. And I guess that's probably their justification for this, but mm -hmm. at some point, don't you have a yes. level of responsibility for yourself? Mm-hmm. You do. Yeah, you do. It's just not at this point. Apparently not Apparently in not. New Jersey. Mm. Uh, they say ex uh, distracted walking is a growing problem as people of all ages become more dependent on electronic devices. Uh, they also note pedestrian deaths have been rising in recent years. 
In 2005, 11% of all U.S. fatalities involved pedestrians. But that number has risen to 15% in 2014. Hmm. The rise of deaths coincides with states introducing bills that target pedestrians and bicyclists. Uh, for instance, a bill pending in Hawaii would fine someone $250 if he or she were to cross the street while operating an electronic device. Similar it's bills. Just yet another excuse for them to take your money. I know. It's like they're going to just, you know, this has nothing to do with keeping people safe. They just want the threat out there so that if they catch someone, they can grab a couple hundred bucks. It's like the seatbelt law, which I hate. It's just stupid. The seatbelt law, if I want to be dumb enough not to fasten my seatbelt, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Why should I be ticketed for that? Now, it's one thing to uh, children. You know, you can understand right. that. But it's like when it's just yes. you as an adult. It's just me. Just... When I'm in the car driving to work, why should I? If I don't want to have the seatbelt fastened, I shouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. And you are kind of uh, claustrophobic would be that would, yes. would that be the word? Yeah. You don't like you don't like the seatbelt. I don't. Yeah, and that's why you put it under your arm and you got a ticket right. for it. Yes. How did you wear it? Because it normally comes down like this. Yeah, it and has you put to it be worn. Here. Not only does it have to be worn, it has to be worn the way they say it needs to be worn. The man is coming down on you again. That's crazy. It's unbelievable. Just amazing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this measure recently introduced by uh, uh, Pamela Lampett would ban walking while texting and bar pedestrians on public roads from using electronic communication devices unless they're hands-free. Violators face fines of fifty dollars, fifteen days of imprisonment, or both. <laughs> fifteen days of Come imprisonment. On. Come on. Half the fine will be allocated to safety education about the dangers <sighs> of, of walking and texting. The proposed safety measure. education about yet. the dangers of walking and texting. It's this country's an embarrassment. It shouldn't oh, be. Elect Donald Trump. I have changed my mind. He's perfect <laughs> for you. Not you, but, you know, the country. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, we also need, uh, not only do we have to be told in educational format to not text and drive, we also now need uh, a little uh, information mm -hmm. on how to be a, a, a good haggler. This is now, uh, I guess you have to take uh, video classes on this. Watch. Expert Hegler at garage sales. Item one, that uh, really attractive lamp. Uh, would you go uh, 50 cents for this lamp? Uh, the lamp is marked at a dollar. Well, you know, I, I, I can't go any higher than 75 cents. <laughs> oh, well, the lamp works perfectly. That is of no concern to me. <laughs> Work with me here, yes or no? Uh, yes, I, I guess I would. That's great. You've got yourself a deal. <laughs> this is a uh, chicken soup for the grandmother's soul. That's a lovely book. I'll give you a nickel for it. All books are a dime. That price is crazy. Um, listen, <laughs> how about I give you a full dime for the book and you throw in the chair over there? <laughs> the chair is priced at $5. As previously stated, I'll give you a nickel for the book. Not all books are worth the same price. Plus, I've already read this book. You've already read Chicken Soup for the Grandmother's Soul. <laughs> I have, yes. Why do you want it, then? Yes, I'll accept the nickel. That is a smart decision. <laughs> I don't think that would work. So either. Hmm. 
Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if that really helped anybody. <laughs> I don't think but, so either. Uh, I don't think there so. There it is. Do you, um, in your life, mm -hmm. ever carry change anymore? No. Jeffy? Yeah. No. Well, first of all, let me say that uh, you're not kicking me out. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, you're back. I'm staying. Okay. Okay. And secondly, do you carry change? Carry it? Uh -huh. No. Do I use it from time to time? Yeah. So what do you do with it? Do you carry? You eat it? How do you carry? I keep it in my ashtray in my car. Okay. So occasionally you'll take it out of your ashtray, like drive through something yeah. like that. Yeah, I do have a little bit in my drive through, which just continues to build because I just put it in there, put it in the <laughs> ashtray, and it never comes out. It, it, I hate it. Like, I legitimately make decisions on what I purchase based on how much change they're going to give me. It's like I don't want it. Every once in a while, I'll be like, you know what? What we need to do is, like other smart European nations, is have uh, dollars that are coins. We need to use that as much more common in other countries that are smarter and have the metric system. And we also have coins. I, I screw you with your stupid coin dollars, okay? I want paper dollars that I can that are nice and light you that don't coin clang in my pockets. The little, the little rubber coin holders you used to get, and the leather coin holders that your grandpa always had. And yeah. Keep the coins yeah. In sure. Yeah. The little I'll pouches. Look, I mean, no. No. No, I'm not doing that. Okay. I don't want anything to do with it. I mm. if, if, like. I, I don't understand at this point why everything they don't just price the thing so it comes out at, at that, an even dollar. I, you know what? I don't understand. I was thinking about that the other day with the card buying, like three, the 99 or the 02, stop it. Right. Like, you know what? Stop. You know which, which was the worst, Jeff, and you will be the only one who relates uh, to me on this, but you'd go to the Trenton train station as you're waiting to commute into New York City. <laughs> yes. Um, and you'd go up, and there's this one thing. It's on the platform. It's like a little convenience store on the platform. Now, in the morning, what are people doing? When they're going to buy something at the train Getting platform convenience fast. store. Yeah. I need something fast because the, the freaking train is coming and I need to grab something quickly. Otherwise, you go to the place where everything costs 12% of what it costs at that store. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you go up there and it's like a can of soda, 212. 212? <laughs> Why is it two twelve? Make it two dollars. In fact, make, make it three dollars. But three. don't make it two twelve. Yes. So I get eighty-eight cents that are clanging around in my pocket. I get to the and point where you're like dividing it into two pockets so it makes less noise throughout. On top of which, mm -hmm. the the most frustrating part of that is when there you have to make the change. You're in a hurry. Yes. Don't I? I don't care. Right. The, uh, the train's gonna leave. No, I'm gonna miss my train. Don't right look there. for that that brand new pack of fifty pennies. Right. I don't care. I don't care. And yet you can. They, that's like against the rules or something. Yeah, they, they cannot can. let that happen under any circumstances to not give you the. Oh, you know, they change. shoot you when you come out of it. If, if they haven't given you the exact change that's owed to you, you get shot. Really? Yeah. No, I don't I know if you know ever knew that or not. But no, that. I believe it. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, but there's a new thing called a. Uh, Debit card. Well, this is what I'm saying, though. No. <laughs> Debit card. I usually, that's why I use that Debit almost everywhere. Card. How do you use something I, like I that? I don't ever have <laughs> cash anymore. None? So when I go to, uh, no, none. I don't, I don't carry cash. Almost never. I mean, every once in a while, I'll go to the 
ATM and pull some a, couple, a few twenties out because yeah, you know, because well, occasionally you need it. They are yeah, ever. It's pretty rare. It's uh, but pretty at this rare. particular place, you could not use a debit card, which again is a real oh, smart right. thing, right? Like, yeah. why not have a freaking credit card machine? You just swipe and run. You know, there was another place like that uh, in New York. There was a little shop in the building. There's we a were lot in. of them in New York, actually. Yes, it, it, there was a sh you know just the little shop, and you could buy newspapers yeah, yes. and sodas and stuff there yeah. at the building that we were yeah. in initially in New York City. And the guy, and to use your card, you had to spend at least five dollars. So back. I'm like, I just want a pack of gum. I just want a bottle of water. I right. Don't, I don't want to spend five. All right. Uh, give me a tire. Give me a tire. All right. Tire. I gotta tell you, Pat. I used to make fun of you carrying that tire around. Yeah, but, but then I went into the store and wanted right. a pack of gum. And I thought, and oh, that's why I carried too. the tire around. I'll take a tire, too. Exactly. I mean, I don't know what else I want in your dumpy little store. I just wanted the gum or the water. <laughs> Give me the tire. Whatever. You, you like start making future purchases. Like, well, next week I can have a, a bowl of cereal. So do I'll take a... I'll take that, that those random single serving <laughs> yeah. bowls of like cocoa yeah. crispies. Yeah, you could do planning that. like next week's breakfast for some that. reason. Except we had a million things of cereal yeah, up in the uh, in the office, so it was a waste to do that. It was, uh, but these are first world problems. They certainly are. You're um, always eating Twizzlers. Yeah. I know the guy wouldn't sell me a pack of gum. <laughs> I had to buy the bag of Twizzlers. <laughs> it was a great way to justify a horrible diet, though. Yeah, because the only thing they had in that store were like Candy. things that were unhealthy. So you'd always have to just load up. Look, I didn't. Yep. I, didn't I had this. to. I didn't I have a to. choice. I had to. I had to. It was either eating this or buying a tire. So <laughs> meeting this. Uh, more patents too coming up. I usually went with the lug wrench. I thought that was always a good. <laughs> I didn't even know it was available. A lug wrench. You can always use a lug wrench. Now you can't always, always use eight lug wrenches, which is what I wound up having. <laughs> uh, you can always use one lug wrench. It is Pat and Stu. Mm -hmm. I'm Pat, and this is my friend Stu. Oh, it's good to see you. Over there, that's uh, yeah, him. Hi. By the way, we should... Uh, but you didn't say my friend. Nah. No, nah, he didn't. Even we repetitive, also untrue. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, by the way, we should promote uh, tonight uh, Pat Gray. Uh, hosting the Glenbeck program. Is that correct? Yes, I believe with a, uh, well, I think we're going to have a whole slew of peeps uh, nice. coming on in and uh, and filling in. I, Glenn's not feeling well, and so, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be uh, hanging out and doing some stuff. Nice. nice. That should be cool. Yeah. I can't wait to check um, it out. You're not, you're not going to be one of the people filling in, right, Jeffy? No. Right? I, mean, I, I turned uh, it let me down. You yeah, turned it down. Let me, okay. let me just cool. say, so he was not offered. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I, I don't turned care. It down. He's not on. As long as he's not on, I'll check yeah, it out. Yeah, he's not on. Uh... <laughs> We uh, go to the Drudge Report and click on the top, like the top middle link, and it shows you the Corey Lewandowski thing. The Drudge uh, Report, which I, by we the way, finally actually have the video overhead because we've seen the CNN or it wasn't CNN, I think it was C-SPAN, 
but a camera's in the way mm -hmm. in part of it. You see him reach for her, and then you can't see, and then I you mean, see you her back. I mean, you can tell from the old you videos. Can you can happens. really tell from this one. But this one, you see it absolutely happen. Yep, absolutely it just, did it. Uh, he'd been lying. Again, his response to this was, you are oh, delusional. Nice. I never touched you. There they you. are. Look at that. He just jerks her backward. Here it comes again. He reaches. He grabs. And he pulls her back. Get away from him! Mm -hmm. And then he blows past her. I mean, basically, exactly how she said it happened. Now, yeah. I, you know, is I mean, it, she is didn't it... almost fall down. No, uh, it looks like. But um, it, again, it's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, not Hitler's Germany here. I mean, but it is. Uh, you know, pretty bad. I mean, you don't grab women mm -hmm. uh, and you know squeeze their arm to cause bruises and pull them mm -hmm. back. Guy's a and then, if you do that, you certainly then don't call that reporter delusional right. uh, and say that you never touched her. And then if you do that and you get caught on video, you don't continue to deny it. And if you do continue to deny it, you certainly don't hire an attorney who previously has issues with biting strippers. All of that is what was, circulates in the Donald Trump world. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's pretty pathetic, to say mm -hmm. the least. Um, but it is who this guy is. I mean, Corey Lewandowski is the perfect guy to work with Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. A total douche. Mm -hmm. Really should be in the Douche Hall of Fame, to be perfectly honest. Um, I mean, it, it, there's a relevancy issue there, potentially. Um, you know, but you know, Donald Trump is already the grand nozzle. I don't know. Maybe we can't do two people in the same campaign. I don't, we, haven't, we haven't really hashed that out. It's one of those uh, Supreme Court issues that eventually mm -hmm. we'll get hammered out. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, it is absolutely despicable. They did it again, and, you know... Oh. It doesn't matter. Because they're if, denying it right now. They're still denying it. Um, they're still denying it. Trump this. is standing by his man. Yeah. I mean, like you've a, got video evidence the guy's lying about it. I, how, I, what kind of country do we live in where this is acceptable, where you listen to the guy, where you still believe in the guy? When you see the evidence, you hear him continue to lie about it, and you think, yeah, okay, yeah, he didn't touch her. Now, I think it... Uh, uh, a rational person. Man. It's not, you know, I'm not saying this is me, but I'm saying a rational person could look at that video and say, it's not like she was going to die. Um, no. But that is not the standard here. Yeah. The standard is not is it a brutal physical assault where you know, it looks like a bar fight. He didn't beat her to the ground. And number one, it's a woman. Yeah. Um, so you don't grab a woman and cause bruises on her arm. And you can see by this video, because I looked very closely, it is exactly where those bruises were. Um, I mean, the, the, you could it's tell. It's where he grabs her. It's where he grabs her. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, look, it, you can't tell from that angle how tough he squeezed the arm, but we do know that the bruises were left there. Um, and is it the worst assault of all time? No, no. it's not. But a, a guy does not get to just grab um, some reporter and drag her away. If Barack Obama's security did that, or Barack Obama's, if Rahm Emanuel did that to some reporter, you'd be freaking out about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and rightly so, because mm -hmm. it's completely wrong to do. Um, uh, I, I would like to quote Donald Trump's uh, tweet about an hour ago. Yep. Uh, wow, Corey Lewandowski, my campaign manager and a very decent man, was just charged with assaulting a reporter. Look at tapes. Nothing there. Yeah, we are looking, we are at, the looking tapes, at the tapes, and there is something there. But that's what's how ballsy this guy is. He yeah. assumes you won't look. I he guess. just He's like, ah, well, no one's going to look. None of my people are going to look. I can shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, and they're not going like, to leave me. So why would they look at the tapes? It's really something. Really something else. So apparently is the Volvo XC90 Excellence Lounge. Mm, that's uh, it. Volvo Cars 
uh, unveiled a new concept at the Shanghai Auto Show. Takes executive in-car luxury to a new level. Here's a look at that. Um, I mean, that's nice. Uh, they're calling that a lounge? Can we see the uh, actual video here? This, yeah, let's see, the, let's see if some of the features. See the video, because I'm not that impressed so far. That's nice. pop-up screen it's nice mm -hmm. she she come with the car it makes it a little more I don't think she does she okay. doesn't sell right. Florida she doesn't sell uh, and then it's a cool um, video thing is this the concept car or is this an actual production vehicle concept it looks yeah. like you have that whole side is oh, I'm being it. told it is actual production yeah the Volvo yeah nice the Volvo. What do we think we're talking about man? in the middle of a Volvo video? It's, it's actually like a, they're currently watching it. So the front seat slides all the way into the back, and then you can put a tray oh. in front of you. It's got a place place for your shoes. Well, would that be good for you, Jeff? Because I know you like to take your shoes off in front of people. Okay, that does look nice. Yeah, certainly. That <laughs> yeah, looks nice. The Volvo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, the yes, the Volvo. The Volvo. <laughs> uh, kind of interesting. The table rotates ninety degrees. And powers forward to display a 17-inch media screen for full in-car theater experience. Wow. That's cool. 104000 bucks, by the way. 104900 so it was about $105,000. I mean, you know. Most I, expensive Volvo of all time. Yeah, we actually had, uh, not this one certainly, but a Volvo XC90. I, yeah, I like that. They're Volvo. pretty nice. I mean, we liked it a lot, except there was this you one. You had an XC90? Oh, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Multiple really? years ago. We, oh. we were in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Before the XC90 was the XC90. Well, it. This is a special XC90. The base XC90 will not look like that, I'm sure. Oh, is that a is that like a refrigerator? I love that. I've always wanted a fridge in my car, but I've never. I'm never I actually had one. for a uh, There's birthday present. There's a thing present. called a called a cooler. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to have to use that. <laughs> I, I want the refrigerator in my car. I had a um, uh, for my birthday one year. Got a uh, a one you plug into the the cigarette lighter yeah, that, that cools cool. or heats. That yeah, was nice. Oh. Not quite the same. Not the quite. That's the same. not what I'm talking about. Really. But it was that. It was nice. I mean, yeah. it's the same feature. It was just uh, not, not built in. No, I don't like it. Then. I don't. Okay. That's not what I'm You're talking about. You're a real snob. Yeah, I, I want the refrigerator in the car. Yeah, like the Volvo. You know? Yeah.